All right, so we have been talking about prayer and looking at some characters from the Old Testament and seeing what they uh, can and have and will and do teach us about prayer. And uh, you'll remember I have pointed to my phone as an example of uh, my ignorance and equated it to my prayer life, that there's probably a million things that I can do on this thing, and I'm probably only tapping about 5% of them. And it's the same with prayer, right? We, we, we do a little, but there's a whole lot more to explore. I want to use the metaphor of uh, my phone a little bit further today because uh, really contained in these little boxes that we put in our purses and our pockets uh, is so much of our life, right? There, there are not many things uh, of material uh, stature that I would lose and say, oh, well. But if I'm more than five feet from my phone at any time, I start to get the shakes <laughs> a little bit, right? Because we're so dependent upon this. My, my, my contacts are in here. I don't even know Tracy's phone number, right? I don't. I just press the button, right? Uh, my, my, my calendar's in here. I, I wouldn't know what I'm doing this afternoon if I didn't have this. My, my music's in here. My stuff's in here. And we've become dependent upon this thing for all kinds of reasons. Uh, incidentally, one of the least common uses of a phone now is for a phone call, right? But Tracy and I both got new phones about a month, six weeks ago, because we needed them. Because we were experiencing this problem with them that most of the time was pretty annoying in that they started to drop calls, Right? Now, sometimes there are some people who are calling, <laughs> and it's quite useful. Unfortunately, we can't control who you drop the call on, right? So there were times when Tracy and I were, were talking, or one of us wanted to reach the kids, or in the middle of an important conversation, and the call would just drop, and we were left hanging, and when that started happening, we realized that we need to get a new phone to stay connected with each other and stay connected with the lives that we've built. I want to talk today about someone who had a real problem because he dropped a call that was very, very important from God. His name was Jonah. His story is found in the book of Jonah. And you've probably heard in Sunday school growing up most of his story. He was a prophet, which meant his one job was to take calls from God. Take calls in terms of uh, communication, but take calls in terms of God has a calling for your life. And so you know the first part of the story, and you know the end of the story, but I want to focus on the middle of his story today that we don't talk much about. But let, remind you, let me remind you of the first part of his story. He's a prophet. His job is to talk to God. His job is to respond to the call of God. So one day he gets this call from God and God says, Jonah, I've got a call from you. And Jonah's like, okay, I'm, I'm listening. I want you to go to Nineveh. 
And in that split second where Jonah is thinking, he recalls in his mind everything he knows about Nineveh. Nineveh are the bad guys. Nineveh uh, shoots on sight. They don't care who you are. They are full of immorality and darkness and pain. They are a, a, a superpower gone wrong, using their power for evil, right? So God says, I want you to go to Nineveh. And I imagine Jonah kind of said, we're breaking up, God. I can't hear you. We got bad reception, God. And the Bible says that he rejected that call. If you will, he dropped that call. And it said, rather than running to Nineveh, which was to the east, he went to the port, he got on a boat, and he headed to Tarsus, right? Which is as far west from Nineveh as you can imagine. God had a calling for him, but he dropped the call. So he's heading in the wrong direction. And you know the story, a big storm comes in the middle of the ocean. And the ship is about to be wrecked. And there's all kind of people on the boat and they're throwing things overboard and they're trying to make things work. But nothing's working. Nothing's calming the storm. And then they say, hey, one of us must have really ticked off God for this to happen. Was it you? Was it you? It wasn't me. Was it you? Was it? No, I, I, I did my thing. In the midst of this storm, Jonah comes and says, well, actually, it was probably me. <laughs> Because the God I serve is the God who controls the winds and the waves. Um, and I've disobeyed him, so this all makes sense. So his fellow shipmate said, well, Jonah, it makes no sense for us all to die because of your problem. So uh, we're just going to throw you overboard to make you pay for your disobedience. Maybe that'll be some recompense and everything will be right again. So they threw him overboard. And as soon as they threw him overboard... The storm stopped, and so the ship just continued to Tarsus. You got Jonah, who's a prophet, who is supposed to take calls from God. He dropped the call. He went the wrong way. Didn't work out. They threw him over sea. And God sends a whale. We think it's a whale. The Bible just says big fish, and there are, there are stories of people living for a short period of time in Wales and all this kind of documented stuff. But he's in the belly of the whale. So back to the story of my phone. Our phone is dropping calls, and that means we've got to go to get new phones, and I hate buying new phones. Do you remember back in the day, it used to be used car salesmen who had this terrible reputation of telling things you wanted to hear so you would buy something you didn't want and then charging you for all this stuff that you didn't really need. I think that mantle has shifted to cell phone salesmen, right? Because they got all the plans, they got all the add-ons, they got all the ifs and buts and hidden fees and all this kind of stuff, Right? So when I went to get our phones, there were three very specific things that I was looking for because I wanted to be able to talk and connect with those that I love. The first thing that I was looking for 
was better coverage. And they tried to sell me successfully on how good their network was, on how good and comprehensive their coverage was. Back to Jonah. Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and you heard me. You threw me into the depths of the ocean, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. The first thing that Jonah teaches us about prayer is that we have great coverage in our prayers. Jonah is as far from God as you could possibly be. He, he, he's saying, I'm, I'm far away physically. He, he says, you've, you've sent me to the depths of the ocean. And you are God who lives in the, the highest heaven. There's a big difference between where Jonah is and where God is. There's a big difference between where Jonah is and where God is on the sin scale as well. Jonah has disobeyed God. God couldn't have been more clear. I want you to go. Jonah says, no way. And he backed up his no way with a run in the other direction. And we know that sin creates this separation between us and God, right? Jonah and God are as separated as you can be. But in the belly of a whale at the bottom of an ocean, Jonah says, God, are you there? Can you hear me? And God says, I can hear you. That's some pretty good coverage, right? You know, when you go and you buy your cell phone, they show you the map. Oh, we got, we got spots here and here and here. And, and here's our network around the world. I don't think there's a cell phone company that would give you coverage from the bottom of the ocean to the highest heavens, right? But one of the great things about prayer is that no matter where we are, God is there as well. Nothing is getting in the way of that connection. There is a hotline to God. Any place, and Jonah reminds us, anywhere. We pick up on one little word in this, this first section. It says, you threw me into the ocean depth. That word depth, another word for that is shoal which is where we get the word hell. One of the things that when, that I think Jonah is, is praying that we need to understand is that when we're going through what feels like hell, 
even then we can still connect with God because we have this incredible coverage, right? There is nowhere that we can go, nothing that we can't do where God is any more than a prayer away. We have incredible coverage. Some versions of the Bible talk about those last verses that I read. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. They talk about um, the, the billows that, that are tossed and just wave after wave of oppression coming. As I was studying that, we just sung about billows in that song. And that song was written by a man called Horatio Spatford, who was from Chicago. And when the great Chicago fire came, he put his family on a boat and sent them over to England. But on the way there, halfway across the Atlantic, they all drowned. And so a few months later, he made that same trip and he asked them to, the, the boat to stop around the area where they thought it went down. And that's where he wrote the words, it is well with my soul. He was experiencing something that Jonah experiences and that we can experience as well. When it feels like we're going through hell, when it feels like we're experiencing wave after wave after wave of pain and junk and hurt and whatever it is, we're only a prayer away from the God who makes it well with our soul. The first thing Jonah's teaching us about prayer is that we have incredible coverage. Second thing, when I'm buying a phone that I need to know, because of my incompetence with technology, I need to know that the technology that I'm buying has a good support center that I can talk to any time of the day. It's not unusual for me to press the wrong button and the whole thing goes wrong. It's not unusual for some sinking to break down somewhere with me. And, uh, and right away, I'm on the 1-800 number saying, saying hey, what, what can I do? Jonah teaches us that when things aren't working, in God our Father, we have an incredible support center that's available 24 hours a day. Listen to this, verse 4. Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet I will look once more towards your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates lock shut forever. But you, O oh Lord, my God, have snatched me from the jaws of death. What is teaching us about prayer here is that we have a support center. Well, what's happening here is that he is, he is pouring out of, he's pouring out his guts <laughs> surrounded by whale guts. And he's saying, I just can't do it on my own. 
I, I, I'm in big trouble. If I try to leave this whale of my own accord, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a goner, I'm dead. But if I stay here too long, I'm, I'm dead as well. He goes on to describe his, his state. I sank beneath the waves and the water closed over me. What he's talking about here is how his soul is drowning. That very spark of life within him has been extinguished. It's, it's drowning. His soul is drowning. He says, seaweed is wrapped around my head. It's a vivid picture, isn't it? But what he's saying here is that my mind is all messed up as well. I, I can't think clearly. I can't think straight. I, I don't know how to come up with a plan. I'm, my, my mind is all over the place. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. He's just saying physically, I'm trapped. Think about what he's saying here. He's saying my soul is drowning. My mind is confused. My physical body is trapped. In every way, I'm in big trouble and I need some help. And so in that state where his soul is messed up, his mind is messed up, his body is trapped, he calls out to God, to the help center. And from the help center, what is sent down is some hope. Yet, he says, I will once again look towards your holy temple. Man, that word yet is a beautiful word. His body, his mind, his physical stuff is all bound up. But there's a yet. He's got problems that he is incapable of solving, but there's a yet. There's an uncertainty about his future, but there's a yet. And here's the second thing he's teaching us about prayer is that when we connect to the help center that is available 24-7, God gives us a yet. Jonah teaches us that prayer gives us great coverage. He reminds us that we have a help center who is with us all the time. He reminds us that there is this, this yet, that even when our mind, our soul, our body is messed up, there is hope. A third thing that I need from my cell phone if I'm going to communicate with those I love, I need a good insurance policy. I need a good insurance policy on my phone for myself. I especially need good insurance policy on the kids' phones. <laughs> yeah, Tracy probably doesn't need an insurance policy. <laughs> Verse 7, as my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. And my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their back on all of God's mercies. 
but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise and I will fulfill all my vows for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. That's a pretty good return policy. His life is dying. He's got nothing left. But then he remembers the Lord. He remembers that God is with him and God is for him. You know, I'm sure you've, you've, you've had something that you care about or need break. And initially there's this, oh, what am I going to do? This is so frustrating. But if we have this insurance, there's this little cushion that things might be all right. Jonah is living in this broken state. But he remembers that God is with him. He remembers that he has this insurance. He remembers that he has this hope. He remembers that those who worship false gods turn their back on God's mercies. But he remembers that when we turn our back on God, all we need to do is to turn back and we're given, because of what Jesus has done and won, a renewed, restored, replacement life. He says, I will offer a sacrifice. What he's saying is I'm going to trade in my life and the way I want to live it for the life that you have for me and for the calling that you have for me. When he talks about making a sacrifice, he's really taking, talking about making the trade. He's filling out the insurance forms. Lord, my life is broken. I'm going to give it back to you. And when we give our lives to God, he gives us a new life in return. That's the gospel, right? That's the good news for all of us. Is that of all the, the thousands of things that Jesus is to us, one of the things that he does is when our life is broken and we offer our broken life to him, he takes it and he gives us a new life, a different life, a better life. Jonah says, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. This insurance has saved the day. Jonah's a prophet. His job is to talk to God and speak for God as he follows the calling. But he runs the opposite way. And he ends up as far from God as is humanly possible. And he prays. And his prayer teaches us three things. One, in our relationship with God, we have incredible coverage. There is nowhere that we will go that God will drop our call. Second thing he teaches us is that we have a support center. 
that we can call 24 hours a day when our, our mind is messed up, when our, our soul is drowning, when our body feels trapped. He reminds us that when we give the broken parts of our life to him, he replaces it with a new life. Last verse, verse 10, Jonah 2.10. I think this is probably one of the grossest verses, verses in the Bible. Yeah. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Right? I mean, just, well, don't try to picture that. It's horrible. Can you imagine Jonah been the one that was spat out? It seems horrible, but when you think about it, that was probably the only safe way out. I mean, what are you going to do? You try to crawl out? That's not going to work. Well, what if you do get out and the whale isn't in the right place? <laughs> You've you got a lot of swimming to do. But in God's mercy... God led the whale close to the beach. And I imagine it's like some kind of human cannonball thing, right? <laughs> don't, don't think through that metaphor too much as well because you have to think about what powers him, right? But he kind of spits him out. But what's important is not the process of how he got there, but he's back on the beach and he's got an opportunity to connect with God again. And this time he takes the call and he goes to Nineveh and he does what God wants him to do. And Nineveh repents. Jonah's still got some work to do. Still some, some bitterness in his heart. But great things happened because his call was reconnected. Because he reconnected with the call that God had for him. We are called to be people of prayer. We are called to, to connect with God in the same way that we connect with, with one another. So, so often uh, in our world today, we use phones to connect. But in our relationship with God, the way to connect has always been through prayer. And Jonah teaches us we have incredible coverage, we have 24 hour support. And it reminds us that when our lives are broken, we turn it over to him and trade it in for a new life.